It's Friday evening, it's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing, that's right, it is Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafter, and my wingman and co-presenter, Brian Corn. Welcome back, I know you weren't here last week, uh, you were badly missed, we had uh, people ringing in here uh, wondering where you are and concerned about you, but I know I'm only messing, I'd like to wish, your, wish yourself and your mum and, and family all the best for 2024, and uh, it's great to have you back, and uh, we're, we're, we have a busy show ahead today, Brian, for you. Very busy show. It's great to be back here, and I hope you, had, you and the family had a good Christmas. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the new year and um, the full calendar of sports to look ahead for the year. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And we'll, uh, we'd like to mention, uh, give a good mention there to the fifty-fifty draw. Um, there was another winner today, and, and uh, our uh, Joe Bambrick mentioned it there. Mentioned the winner there. So uh, don't forget, you you know the next one is in, in a fortnight's time, and you can it's one envelope for for two euro or three for a fiver and you can also enter online and it's it's an essential uh, I suppose fundraising stream for us uh, to be able to pay the bills and uh, the ongoing costs of keeping the station on the air so we'd like to think, uh, thank everyone that's uh, everyone that supports the draw here every fortnight and uh, you know it could be you that wins uh, that wins a nice prize so uh, why not take part in that so uh, thanks very much uh, you can listen to us in many ways you can listen to us on the radio on FM 94.6 you can listen to us on the, on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or indeed on the TuneIn app and uh, so there are the ways you can listen to us and of course as always we'd love to hear from you uh, you can you can text or uh, you can text or um, WhatsApp us on 0838599748 that's 0838599748 we'd love to hear from you if you want to say hello to someone wish them a happy birthday or a new year um, if you want something mentioned on the show or indeed if you have an opinion on anything myself and Brian uh, discuss or in any of the interviews why not send in a text or a WhatsApp message and we'd be gladly glad to read out uh, read out those and uh, of course we'd like to like to thank uh, Louise for another Louise McMahon for another great Echoes of Air and show a very interesting show there and uh, the um, the and uh, an, odd, uh, an audio there of um, of uh, of uh, John F. Kennedy um, speaking there, so that was very odd, very interesting for anyone that loves Irish history and uh, Irish American history. Um, very, very interesting there. And uh, she had an exam today, I believe. So we'd like to say well done to to uh, Louise as well on her exam. Hope uh, hopefully they went uh, they went well. And of course, um, you know we look forward to uh, we look to look forward to keeping in touch there. And of course, uh, we'd also like to thank. Um, Joe Banbrick for another great uh, Echoes of Air and, and uh, some great music as always there uh, as he as he always plays Brian isn't that right? Yeah, great uh, great style of music he has there. He's, yeah. uh, you never know what he's going to play, but it's always going to be a classic. Can be guaranteed with that. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you can't beat a bit of Journey. He played one brilliant uh, mm. one brilliant uh, song there by Journey. And of course, as I always say, I love most music, but uh, it's very hard to beat the 80s. The 80s is very good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a step above the rest. <laughs> Even going back to the 70s and touching into the 90s, um, yeah, it's a different... Uh, different breed of music that's it that's it and uh, you know we'd, we'd love to hear from you so um, um, yeah so uh, we, we'd encourage you thanks very much to uh, for tuning in we hope you enjoy what we have for you for over the next hour we have uh, rugby we have uh, futsal we have J and we hope to have uh, uh, Ray Landon as well we'll be talking about uh, J with Ray as well and much much more and a bit of futsal yeah as well and uh, a couple of other things so stay tuned for that and of course uh, look at there's many many more great shows there's something for everyone uh, various music <coughs> that covers all genres and um, 
in music, uh, you know, and, and chat shows and things like that. So why not uh, tune in every day, Monday to Friday, uh, from seven, from 9 o'clock in the morning, right through to 7, Monday to Friday. So uh, <coughs> support your local radio station by tuning in, and we hope you enjoy all the shows that we have. So I suppose um, we start off, as we always do, with the uh, with the Premier League, uh, Brian. <coughs> and, uh, well, there was no Premier League. There was no Premier League last week, but uh, there was some FA Cup games on, and I'll just uh, briefly go through the results, um, include uh, for involving uh, Premier League teams. <coughs> Excuse me, folks, I have a bit of a cold there, so uh, a bit of a cough. So, um, but it's not too bad. So, um, Crystal Palace nil, Everton nil, Brentford one, Wolves one, Fulham one, Rotherham nil, um, Tottenham Hotspur one, Burnley nil. Um, Sunderland nil, Newcastle three, Gillingham three nil, uh, Sheffield United four, QPR two, uh, Bournemouth three, Stoke two, Brighton four, uh, Chelsea four. A good win there for your team there, uh, Brian. Uh, Bre- uh, Chelsea four, Preston nil, uh, Middlesbrough nil, um, Aston Villa one, Luton nil, Bolton nil, Man United, Man City five, <coughs> uh, Man City five, Huddersfield nil. Um, Nottingham Forest 2 Blackpool 2 um, West Ham United 1 Bristol City 1 and uh, Arsenal 0 Liverpool 2 Wigan 0 Manchester United 2 only and the only um, the only Premiership team to be knocked out on the third round of the FA Cup was Arsenal uh, FA Cup replays to look forward to and these um, there's a replay the first set of replays is going to be played on Tuesday the 6th of January um, Wolves versus Brentford Bolton versus Luton, uh, Bristol City versus West Ham United. On Wednesday, the replays are uh, Wednesday the seventeenth of January. Um, not, uh, Blackpool versus uh, Nottingham Forest and Everton versus Crystal Palace. Uh, now moving on to the next uh, to the um, to the uh, League Cup semi-finals. I suppose we could do it. We could just discuss this now. But um, Middlesbrough United nil, Chelsea or sorry, Middlesbrough Middlesbrough won Chelsea nil. And Liverpool two, um, Fulham one. Um, your your thoughts on the Chelsea game, ma'am? Yeah, you know, just when you think the season <coughs> can't get any worse for Chelsea, um, they put in a performance like this. You know, another terrible, terrible night uh, in the reign of Pochettino and Chelsea. Um, the pressure is really building on him now. You know, he's been getting away with it for you know fair enough losing to Premier League teams. Um, you, you know, in the Premier League now, you can't take any team, uh, game for granted. But Chelsea going into the game against Middle were expected to win. I know it was away from home, but um, you know it's the same old story. Lots of possession, um, lots of possession. But you know that killer instinct to break down a team, um, it's just not there from Chelsea. And if Cole Palmer doesn't play well, um, Chelsea don't seem to uh, have the ability to score. Um, Nicholas Jackson is away, you know, he's there, you know, to get you the odd goal, even though he's been, I suppose, he hasn't been great, but he's still there, the man to get you the goals, and, you know, he's gone to the African Cup of Nations, and, like, um, it, it, it's it's just hard to know where this Chelsea team is going under Pochettino at the moment, but saying that now, um, Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough deserve all the credit mm. you know they he set them up exactly how he knew Chelsea were only beaten he's watched Chelsea probably week in week out um, uh, how to beat Chelsea is you know defend deep take on the pressure 
get them on the break and oh, the only chances Chelsea really got were from Barrow mistakes so you know going into the second leg all Middlesbrough have to do is same again just defend bring on the pressure and you know hopefully catch Chelsea in for, for Middlesbrough you know catch them on the break and you know they're through to Wembley and through to a final that's it and I suppose really if, if you if you look at this game as well I suppose um, both fr- from a Chelsea point of view both I suppose their form this season so far to date going into this game and in the game itself would you have said and I know you're a Chelsea fan so I'm not, this, this yeah. isn't easy for you to say both would you say it, it was a shock result or not really given their, their form and how they've been performing this season uh, I suppose it depends on the way you look at it. It's a shock because you know Chelsea are a Premier League team and Middlesbrough are not struggling in the Championship. I think they're twelfth or eleventh. You know they had a wretched start. I think they were in the bottom three for maybe four or five weeks, but they've pulled a, a few good results together. Um, they're missing twelve. They're missing twelve players. Well, actually, both squads were missing twelve players. Middlesbrough had two injuries in the first half. Um, if you look at the bookies, I think Middlesbrough were probably like twelve to one. You know, Chelsea probably six to one on. Um but in the form in the form guide, um and the way Chelsea have been playing this season, um as a Chelsea board, I wasn't shocked by the results at all. Yeah. Not at all. Not one bit. And I suppose going ahead, uh, look, looking then at Liverpool, Liverpool two, Fulham one, but um the scoreline doesn't suggest how well uh, Fulham played. Yeah. I, as a Liverpool fan and I love to see Liverpool win and but I have to give credit where it's due. Mm. Fulham set up very well. They made it very hard for Liverpool for Liverpool to break them down. Um, you know they got they got the goal. Fulham got got the goal. It was it was well worked yeah. uh, and and all that. And I suppose in the first half, um, you know Fulham were well set up and they were the better team in the first half. Yeah. And uh, look, there's no point. I'm a Liverpool fan, but you have to say it as you see it. To be fair, Fulham were, were oh, a yeah. team in the first half. But I, I think. Um, you know, looking at it at half time, Klopp made a few changes, kind of maybe tactically. Yeah. Came out in the second half, turned it around a bit better in the second half, but things didn't really change until the two substitute Nunes mightn't have scored. Yeah. He, he, he had a lot of chances, yeah. in fairness, but but he did um, he, he did make life difficult for for them, like for uh, Fulham down the wing and all that. He was very yeah. attacking, very in their face, yeah. and. You know the two substitutes that came on for Liverpool really did change the game. And uh, Trent Alexander's Trent, or not Trent um, Curtis Jones's goal. Yeah. Um, now a lot of people say yeah, but it was deflected. But still, the way it went in, yeah, it was yeah. unreal top uh, corner. And yeah. then of course, I think it was about two minutes between the first, between the equaliser and the the two one. But um, I suppose looking ahead to the second round, ra- the second leg, um, Liverpool. But then again, like we were saying, like we we're going to be talking about later on, there's the African Cup of Nations coming up. Liverpool are without some players, but there's a lot of players in the there's a lot of clubs in the Premier League yeah. without their player without players. But still, like I mean, um, Curtis Jones played well. Um, you you know the the young lads played played well, and uh, Connor Bradley played very well. Yeah, exactly. You can't you well. You know, some teams are going to use the African combinations as an excuse, but this is just for other players to step up now. And Curtis Jones has been one of them. You know, he's been around the club. I think it's since he was a young teenager, he's been around the club for a long time. And you know, been a local lad as well. The fans would be delighted to see him coming through and performing like he is. But um, just reflecting on the game itself, Fulham will be very disappointed with the result. You know, uh, going one 0 up and then um, they had a chance to go two 0 up. You know, and that would have been, put them in a great position. But um, 
you know Liverpool as they do and the squad the club has built the strength and depth like you know Nunes Asman pulling up trees as we've said previously on the show um, with his goal scoring um, but he came on and he, he set up the goal for Gakpo and um, you know Liverpool are in a great position now going um, definitely strong favourites to uh, to advance to the final and of course like I suppose if you were to look at the man of the match obviously uh, Curtis Jones got it any contenders from uh, Fulham? There had to be with their performance overall. Oh yeah, um, William. You know yeah. he seems to be. Took his goal well. Took his goal very well. Yeah, aging like a fine wine. You know he's he's a fantastic player. They were very good defensively. Yeah. Um, uh, Bobby Di Cardo Reid had a very good game as well. Um, but uh, just at half time, uh, Reid. I think it was Reid got injured. Yeah. He got a dead leg, and but that seemed to disrupt Fulham in the second half because he was kind of controlling midfield but um, you know just to I suppose just go back on the on the first uh, game you know is there any need for a second leg like you know yeah, yeah, Middlesbrough know. Middlesbrough beat Chelsea you know they deserve to be in the final yeah you know now Chelsea is it designed have to chance, have a yeah. second chance is it designed for the bigger teams to, <coughs> to get to the final you know Middlesbrough deserve their day out in the final and um, you know who's to say they won't beat Chelsea in the second leg but I just feel as a well not as a Chelsea fan you know you take your Chelsea hat off and you just is there any for a for a second leg you know to be fair on the day it should be one I mean the other the other the other legs I mean this used to be a two legged competition yeah. but now it's down to one leg so I mean if the rest of the round yeah. were, were one were one yeah, then why not the semi final? Exactly, Fulham and um, Middlesbrough beat Chelsea, so therefore they should be in the final. But I, that's just the way the competition is is laid out, I suppose. But uh, yeah, looking forward to the second leg. Um, hopefully, well, it's, it's more hope than expectation that Chelsea are going to up their performance. But uh, nothing has uh, nothing has shown me in the last few weeks that they're going to be able to do that. But uh, yeah, we live in hope. That's it, and of course, I suppose really at the at uh, you know in Liverpool's game in uh, Liverpool Liverpool in the first half, uh, Van Dijk didn't. Uh, I don't think he he, he hadn't a very uh, he didn't. I don't think he enjoyed the first half. No, um, I think uh, he's enough credit in the bank now to yeah. that uh, one mistake won't be uh, won't be detrimental to his performances throughout the few years. You know, he's been one of the standout defenders of the last four or five years and you know well, if he keeps going the way he's going we'll probably go down as one of the, the greatest defenders to ever play in the Premier League that's it and uh, moving on to the prediction standings I know there was no FA there was no Premier League results or games last week but uh, the, st- the standings are between myself and Martin I'm on five Martin's on nine that'll change over the next couple of weeks <laughs> um, uh, and the overall scores uh, Aidan one Emer eight uh, Dara four um, Martin four Noel 6 Mary 5 Brian 4 and Eugene 3 very hard to predict the predictions in the Premier League over in recent in recent weeks and months and uh, Martin at work Emer is on 11 Dara's on 7 and Martin's on 8 well, Premier League matches then this week uh, sorry, if you were to, you know, I'd say if you were to look at my predictions you'd think I'd never watched soccer <laughs> you'd never watched soccer before in my life and I'm afraid to say it's, I spend 90% of my time watching soccer so yeah, yeah it doesn't reflect well on me at all <laughs> well no but to be fair, uh, you know, on any of us, uh, it is very hard to get to get predictions. Absolutely, because uh, this season, uh, this season above all seasons, it's just, it's you know, nearly sticking a pin in in the two teams. You just you don't know. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, especially it always seems to happen after after international breaks. Mm. No, I could be wrong, but it, it's just a coincidence that you know anything can happen. Teams mm. are capable of beating other teams. We've seen that. I know it's a different yeah. competition, but we've seen that in the in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. There. But we, you know, uh, um, how well Fulham played and how well how well Middlesbrough played yeah. uh, in the in those you know those two in those two semi-finals. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so some interesting uh, the the weekend get the games coming up this weekend, uh, Friday to Sunday and um, the uh, Burnley or Burnley versus uh, Ver- Burnley versus Luton Town and uh, on Saturday then it's Chelsea versus Fulham Newcastle versus uh, Man City Sunday then Everton versus Villa and um, United versus Spurs. My predictions are uh, Friday Burn I went for uh, Burnley versus uh, Ver- Burnley versus Luton I went for Burnley. Um, Saturday Chelsea versus Fulham I went for Chelsea uh, Newcastle versus Man City I went for Man City Sunday then um, Sunday the 14th of January Everton versus uh, Villa I went for Villa Man United versus oh yeah we'll be discussing the. I'll be mentioning my uh, reasons for these later on but um, yeah so Man United versus uh, Spurs I went for Spurs uh, Eamor Tully's predictions uh, Burnley versus Luton a draw Went for a Chelsea win, a Man City win, a Spur- uh, an Aston Villa win, and a United win. Martin went for uh, Burnley versus Luton a draw, and then on Saturday, then uh, Chelsea versus Fulham went for Chelsea. Um, Newcastle versus City went for a draw. Um, Sunday then Villa Villa versus Everton went for Everton, and uh, United versus Spurs went for a draw. Noel went for uh, this is Friday the twelfth. Burnley versus Luton went for Luton. That's could happen. Um, Saturday then Chelsea versus Fulham went for Chelsea. Newcastle versus City went for City. Everton versus Villa went for Villa. United versus Spurs went for Spurs. Eugene uh, Noel's dad then for Friday the twelfth. Burnley versus Luton went for Luton. Saturday then Chelsea versus Fulham went for Chelsea. Newcastle versus uh, che- Man City went for Man City. Everton versus uh, Everton versus um, Aston Villa went for Aston Villa, and United versus Spurs went for Spurs. Um, yeah, so you can read out yours and your mo- yours and your mum's. There. Yeah, I go for Mary's first. Uh, Burnley versus Luton, she gone for a draw. Chelsea versus Fulham, Chelsea, uh, Newcastle, Man City gone for Man City. Everton v Aston Villa, Aston Villa, and Man United v Spurs a draw, and my own predictions I went for um, Burnley v Luton I went for Burnley Chelsea v Fulham I went for Fulham Newcastle v Man City gone for a draw Everton v Aston Villa a draw and Man United v Spurs I went for Spurs yeah so we'll we just go through uh, the reasons why we went for these we, we always discuss these every week um, I suppose Burnley versus uh, Burnley versus Luton um, I think Luton co- are, are capable of getting a win out of this but I don't know uh, Burnley just uh, I just kind of went for them um, I was very tempted to kind of go for a draw yeah. on this one but uh, I went for Burnley as, yeah, I suppose the draw would be the safe bet, safe bet between these two. But you know, this is we're getting into the win must win fixtures now for Burnley. Yeah. Um. You know, if Luton win, they go seven points clear of Burnley. Yeah. And you know that means Burnley are in big big trouble. I've gone for Burnley a lot of times. You know, I think there's a performance in them, and um, I just think that this 
this week against a team that they will see as a must-win game, and especially with been at home. Now we've seen how hard Luton are to beat. You know, it's going to be this game is going to be won by more than likely a single goal here or there. That's it, and I mean, uh, but uh, but I think it's one of those things. Either team are capable of winning this. Um, we've seen how now Luton are away, but if that was at home. You 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 oh. go for Luton. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and that's what that's what sways my thinking in a lot of these is is home advantage. Yeah, um, because the two teams are are so um, evenly matched in most of the games. Mm. You know, usually you go with the home advantage. So that's the only reason I've gone for Burnley. And uh, then for Saturday, then uh, Chelsea versus Fulham. Um, I went for Chelsea. I think. <laughs> like you said earlier on you don't know what you're going to get from this Chelsea team um, but but you see the thing is now having seen Fulham on on, uh, on Wednesday against Liverpool they put in one heck of a, uh, of a performance so this, this could be a draw or maybe even a Fulham win if they play like they played against Liverpool yeah. I, but I just went for Chelsea I don't, I don't know this could be a, a one where Chelsea might be able to get a win No I've gone for Fulham um, yeah. yeah I've watched I've watched I have missed a Chelsea game this year and you know, Marcus Silva would have watched the Chelsea Middlesbrough game, and he would have watched most of the Chelsea games this year. And he knows exactly what to do to beat Chelsea. You just get everyone. You get your def- defend deep, and you catch Chelsea on the break. Um, after the Middlesbrough game, um, some of the players went down to clap the travelling fans, and you know they weren't greet- they weren't greeted well. You know, the Chelsea fans were booing the players. Um, the pressure is really. It's really mounted on Poch. Um, you know, a loss to Fulham. And the owners, I think, are going to have to make a decision soon enough because, you know, with the money they've spent and financial fair play and they're going to want to buy a striker either now in this transfer window in the summer and you're talking £150 million for a striker, Osman. Um But still, just I don't think Poch has the know-how to get this Chelsea team to break down a defensive blocks that's the reason I've gone for Fulham yeah like I mean this this could be a job for you now you know they, they, but I think Chelsea would have to there's a pretty there's a pretty large buyout clause in your contract here you know so uh, yeah. you know you know, uh, if the job was offered to you Brian what do you reckon well <laughs> with the money that's been spent and the group of players that's there even though I haven't got my badges you know you can't do any worse because there is players there you know if you see the quality players that's there you have Fernandez, who's a World Cup winner um, you've Cole Palmer, um, Thiago Silva. You know, you're just naming off. Well, probably not world class players, but you're naming off household names there of players that would, you know, bear the Man City and Liverpool team would probably make most teams in the Premier League. And you know why? How they're tenth or tenth in the Premier League. You know, it lies with the players, but it definitely lies with the manager as well he has to take some of the blame but would you say that they're kind of maybe similar to Man United in the way that uh, you know they have some very good players but they're just not they're just not clicking yeah exactly and you know you can blame the players all you want but you'd imagine now by this time of the year you know we're halfway through the season season, you'd imagine Pochettino would have discovered how to break down um, a low block defence but Mm. It's you know when you're watching Chelsea playing against a team that they should have beaten. The only thing that's changing is the jerseys of the other teams, but the performance is exactly the same. Yeah. Possession, possession, passing, passing. 
shots, no goals, and the result is more likely than not Chelsea lose. That's it. And uh, next game up then is uh, Newcastle versus. Uh, Versus uh, Man City now, both teams are kind of you know had kind of dodgy periods there coming up to Christmas mm. and throughout Christmas, but I think um, I went for Man City on this because you know you have De Bruyne is back now, yeah. um, you know he'd make a huge difference. He'll make there. Huge. But that, I know that's counterbalanced by the fact that Haaland is out mm. injured, but still uh, to have to have um, De Bruyne back is a huge <laughs> thing for them, and he's he's the man, he's a game changer. Yeah, he is a game changer, but you know it's just. He's back, but it's just getting. And I know he's a world well, class player. Yeah, a couple of games from to get by, but yeah, yeah, it's getting back to match fitness is is a different ball game. But yeah, he can do magical things. You know, he doesn't have to be fit to set up a goal for Man City. But I'm going for a draw in this game. Um, you know, just because again Newcastle at home, tricky team to beat. I know they have a lot of injuries, but um, and I read this morning that Joe Linton, who's one of their star players, is out for six months. That's a big blow. But I'd made this decision before, uh, before that, and I was I was going to stick with it. And but Eddie Howe is under a bit of pressure as well, you know. Mm. Um, and he just came out and said this morning that um, you know he'd love to make a few signings, but with the financial fair play and the money they spent last summer, yeah. um, he won't be able to buy any players. And if it is, it's going to be players for small money. But uh, I just feel there's a big performance in Newcastle. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I've gone for a draw, and and a, a draw for Newcastle against Man City would be a great point. It will be, and it, it's uh, kind of you, you know the way they've been going lately. They actually they can't afford to lose really if they're if they want to stay kind of up there and the it, you know with a chance of kind of yeah. Because if you want to, if he wants to spend money next year, you know you have to be making the Champions League, and then mm. you know you you get a bit of leeway spending more money. Um, you know City unbeaten in eight games, Newcastle have only won two and nine. Yeah. So you probably think. Why am I going for a Newcastle to get a point? But the way I've been predicting the game so far, that's it. <laughs> maybe I'll go the I'll go the other way. <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah. So Sunday then Everton versus Aston Villa. I went for uh, Aston Villa. I think I don't know about Everton. They're kind of win one game, might lose the next two. Yeah. It's very hard to know with them. Um, obviously, look when you look at um, Aston Villa, they're far more. Uh, they're far. They're they're far more consistent. They're they're a lot further up the table. Yeah. You know they they really are competing for Europe. And if not, uh, you know if they keep going the way they are, I know they 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 were lucky to draw against Sheffield United there before Christmas. But um, this is a good team. This is a good team, and there's some some good players there that can uh, that can hurt teams. And I think yeah. I think Villa are more than capable of picking off Everton. And they're not yeah, just I think, picking on Everton. No, no. I think if, I think this game was a few weeks ago I would have went for a comfortable Aston Villa win but I just yeah. you know they drew they drew with Sheffield United lost to Man United just scraped by 10 man Burnley um, so maybe their form is 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 coming back a bit like you know they were exceeding expectations there for a long time you know they could have been top of Christmas and uh, I just went for a, a draw um, because I just think they're evenly matched teams yeah um, now, maybe then they would they wouldn't have been maybe four four weeks ago. You know, Villa would have been far superior. But you know the way the Villa's form has gone the last few weeks, I just think um, maybe they're a bit more evenly matched. And um, you know, it's a very tricky game, tricky game to call. And I'm I'm going to sit on the fence in this one again. 
Yeah, that's no problem. That's that's kind of understandable with that one. Um, I get splinter soon if I keep sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have to. We're going to, you're, you're going to have to. You, you'll get shin splints yeah. uh, as, as well, and you, you'll get all sorts of injuries. But uh, yeah, um, I don't, don't worry. We we have plenty of uh, ways of treating you. Don't worry. Yeah. We, we, you know, we'll, we'll get you the treatment you need. But uh, yeah, so then the last one on um, the last fixture then on Sunday is Man United versus Tottenham I went for Tottenham on this one uh, I think still Manchester United are kind of improving in spots but for me they're not they're not consistent enough to say that yeah they're capable of beating uh, beating this Spurs team yeah exactly and like this is the interesting thing about this game is with the players that's gone to the African Cup of Nations you know you have Son has gone to the Asia or sorry they've gone away to the international competition Son has gone to the Asia Cup He's going to be a massive loss for Tottenham, and then I know Onana has made a few mistakes uh, for Man United, but he's still the number one goalie by a long shot, and you know that he could be a big loss to them. Um, but I've gone for Spurs because you know they just seem to be a far superior team than Man United, and you know Man United, they're no goal scorer. You know Ireland, you know he got a, he got one he got a goal against Aston Villa, um, but that's one goal in the season, and Ten Hag still doesn't know his best team and I don't think he's going to figure it out in the next few weeks at this time of year he should know yeah he should know but he's probably gone in there and realised that some of the players aren't as good as they thought they were as he thought they were Um, so I just think the way Spurs are playing um, and the way Man United have been playing um, I've gone for Spurs win even because like teams don't fear going to Old Trafford anymore no. You know, it's not the fortress it used to be when Ferguson was there. And um I'm not too sure if Werner is signed in time to play. Um he has a point to prove. You know, he came to Chelsea when he came to Chelsea he had there was a lot of hope. Um He didn't really he didn't really succeed at Chelsea. No, but the, you know, in the last few years of Chelsea it's the hope that kills you. Um <laughs> but he um I think, yeah, I think you've set up a go a GoFundMe page to try and buy more players, have you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, there's plenty of funds there it's just getting the right players um, but I think he has a point to prove uh, back in England yeah. you know when he, when he when Chelsea signed him for Leipzig you know he was banging in the goals in Germany we just see players that come to the Premier League struggle you know and uh, you know I would if he was playing for any other team bar Tottenham I'd like to see him doing well but um, I can't wish Tottenham well unfortunately but uh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but uh but he could be a great addition for Spurs and you know the reason he said he wanted to go to Spurs was because of Postacoglu and the style of football he, he, play, he plays you know press, him, yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah the pressing game and running behind and um, but also the service he gave him, yeah, I guess yeah yeah exactly yeah. and um, you know as I said with Son gone um, it's left to other players to step up to the mark now for Tottenham and uh, yeah to try and climb up the table again that's it. And we just got a, a text in there from Louise, um, our colleague here at Ross FM. Thanks very much for texting in there uh, on uh, WhatsApp there, uh, Louise. And she said, happy happy Friday, Aidan. And uh, she said, you're sounding very posh. Thanks very much. Uh, I think I owe you. Uh, thanks very much, Louise. And she was saying there, our, ch- our Man City going to take on Newcastle. Um, I think, we, you know, we, we discussed this one, but I, I think... Um, 
maybe with Newcastle kind of slightly on the slide there as you said he's mm. under uh, Eddie Howe's on, under mm. pressure mm. but like, like I said I think you know with um, with Kevin De Bruyne back even if he was on start on the sub and came on yeah. or even if he started either way he's going to present danger to uh, to Newcastle mm. and uh, even though it will take him a few games maybe to get back to full match fitness the skill is still there the crosses yeah. he's just he just has everything you need even even without the fitness but the, with the yeah. fitness over the next couple of days uh, over the next couple of games but that starts here now against uh, against uh, Newcastle yeah but you I see with, even with players who get older and yeah. you know if they're a good footballer their brain is always one step ahead and Kevin De Bruyne's brain is yeah, two or okay. three steps ahead you so know. I think yeah I think the will definitely uh, the will definitely game and uh, look I went for I went for Man City on that one so yeah I think uh, the answer there is uh, yes uh, Louise and thanks very much for that uh, for that um, for, for that text and uh, yeah so as always we have um, we have some points that we're going to talk about as we do every week and um, so I suppose kicking off we've we've covered the, the Premier League results and that and the fixtures and uh, we've covered the, the Carabao Cup uh, the tra- I suppose transfer news and I suppose the most uh, the standout one is I suppose it's not a transfer as such I think it's it's a loan deal isn't it for Sancho to go back to or no it is a transfer Sancho goes to um, not easy yeah it's a yeah, loan deal it's, a, it's yeah. a loan deal just it's for a loan deal he goes back to Borussia Dortmund yeah. at the end of the season and I don't think they have a buyout clause but I think this spells the end for Sancho at Man United unless Man United make a change in manager and uh, the new manager sees a, a way forward for Sancho but you know it's just never worked down Never worked with for him with at Man United. There was a breakdown uh, relation with with Eric Ten Hag, and you know it seemed like the perfect move for him at the time. You know, United fans were crying out for for a winger, winger, and uh, you know, as we just said with Werner, you know, doing it in Germany and coming to England, do, trying to do it is a totally different ball game. But um, just doing a bit of research on on this, and it's not picking a Man United. I'll, I'll do a piece on Chelsea next week with the money they've spent, but uh, I think it's statistically that Man United has been one of the worst-run clubs in any sport in the last eight years. Um, Man United's top six transfer targets who have underperformed um, in the last eight years. Number six, Angel Di Maria, 75 million. Number five, Lukaku, 85 million. Number four, Sancho, 85 million. Number three, Harry Maguire, 85 million. Two, Anthony, 95 million. Paul Pogba, 105 million. Throw in how much wages do you think all of them got over their contracts? You'd be talking into the, if you combine all them like on a weekly wage, you'd be talking about, uh, you'd be talking well into over 100 million a week. Yeah, yeah the, the whole, between their wages and their transfer free, uh, 730 million. Yeah. And none of them, none of them have worked, and uh, seven hundred thirty million is nearly a billion. It's a lot, it's a lot of money for uh, no return, really, isn't no it? No return, yeah. Because I don't think you know none of them players have, none of them players have had any sell-on value. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, you, well, you still have Harry Maguire there, you still have Anthony there, Sancho. You're, he's gone on loan. Lukaku was sold for not much. Di Maria sold for not much, and I think Paul Pogba was. To Paul Pogba went in a free. Yeah. So, um, you know, every club makes mistakes in the transfer window. You know, when you buy a player, you're not guaranteed that he's going to perform. But uh, 
Yeah, some of the signings at Man United um, just haven't worked out, and yeah. I'll do a piece on Chelsea next week. Just to let people know. Just I'm to not balance it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose, really, like I mean, and that just goes to show you the opposite end of the scale. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Liverpool fan. But what do you notice when when Liverpool make a when Liverpool buy a player? They don't just buy for the sake of buying no, the yeah, player. Yeah. The player has to fit into the Liverpool way yeah. of, of playing. And uh, he's very shrewd. But he's not afraid to dip into... There's some very talented players in the in the academy as well that have come through. I suppose Curtis Jones has come through. Harry yeah. Ellis has come yeah. through. Connor Bradley played the other night, played very well. Yeah. Um, obviously, Trent Alexander is a former uh, graduate as well. You, you know, uh, but but he, he buy, when he buys when he buys players, he buys players well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know every club no matter who you support loves to see a player coming through the academy mm. but I don't think that has happened with United you know Rashford is I think he's probably the only one at the, yeah Lingard is gone Lingard is yeah. gone yeah there was a lot of hope on him Rashford is would he make any of the other top six teams of her league in my opinion no, I don't know. He's not. He's not. He's not. No, he'd, really he'd one good season last season. He got twenty something goals, but you know they have a few young players now coming on. But I think that's only because uh, Everton Hag is in panic mode and he's trying to find players for positions. Um, so yeah, United uh, they're in a tough position at the moment. And that brings us on to the African Cup of Nations. Now this is uh, kind of a two pronged thing. One in how the, how the the tournament. Been, because it's played at this time of year it affects Premier League clubs because there's a lot of players playing for Premier League clubs and those clubs will be missing these players and it could have a, it have, it could have um, a detrimental effect on the clubs that they play for their position in the league and different things like that you yeah. know we've seen it already kind of even even just in the you know in the last in the last week or two or whatever or well the things coming to it but um, you know it, it's it's obviously uh Great to see them, but maybe it's hard to know what how how do you how do you take how do you strike that balance? I mean, should it be a case where um, we say maybe the Premier League take a break uh, for that? Yeah. But why? But then again, if you're in the Premier League, you'd say to yourself, "Well, why should we?" Do you know? Yeah. So, or maybe why doesn't the African Cup of Nations maybe have it? You know, maybe if the African Cup of Nations was on, no. Well, this say, is you know. Well, this is the African Cup of Nations. This is their seat. This, this is, is their. This is their, their thing, break yeah. in their season. So why should they change the Premier League? Yeah. But it's just, but, you know, you can't use it as an excuse. You know, your players are gone. That's it. When you buy a player, it's up to the club to have it, a have exactly. A and them, it's yeah. like it's no coincidence, in my opinion, that no players gone from Man City. Yeah. Pep Guardiola doesn't seem to buy them players. Yeah, I'm sure it's not because he doesn't think they're good enough. Yeah, um, he just that, yeah. he's exactly, and he knows that they're going to be missing for a chunk of the season every two years. And but I mean, um, with, with Liverpool now, you know there's a, there was uh, in the past, and now obviously we're missing more Salah now. But that's not an excuse, as you say. But even at that, um, now we've seen it on on, uh, on you know on on um, I say maybe last weekend in the FA Cup and maybe midweek. Um, you know, but Liverpool have gone behind in games 
where they were missing key players mm. and they haven't kind of played well but they've still uh, where mm. even when they went to go behind but yeah. they always found a way back into the game and mm-hmm. that's uh, and they can bring that into their game now during this African Thanks. Nations Cup so they, you know that that sort of excuse doesn't really no it's uh, not going to wash it's, it's, like, no, it's, exactly like say, it's, not a, it's not an excuse that Klopp or even any Klopp any isn't going to no. you know, he knows he believes yeah. in these players so yeah Klopp isn't going to come out after a game and say we didn't win that game because we're missing Mo Salah yeah you know, it's for other players to step up to the mark. Yeah. And that's why you have squads, um, squad depth. And, um, you know, obviously teams are going to be hurt by it. Mm. You know, I think that's Forest have five or six missing Wolves, five or six missing Wolves. You know, Ch- Chang, their, their main goal scorer is gone. So that's going to be a big blow to them. Mohamed mm. um, Kud is gone for West Ham. Uh Another massive blow. Son gone for Man City or Son gone for Tottenham. So um, yeah, I'd say this will be moving season now in the Premier League. That's it. And uh, moving on then to, uh, I suppose, uh, the sad loss of Franz Beckenbauer, um, German captain, form of Brit- world class player, really. Mm, yeah. um, but he is he has given it as a player, and he has given back as um, as a you know as a coach. Yeah. In many both the club level and and uh, and, and um, international level, uh, a huge loss. A great a great man, and yeah. we'd like to send on our, obviously our condolences to the family. But yeah. he, he obviously he's a huge loss to his family, but a huge loss to football as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, he was before my time, and you know just. Watching clips from him, really. I like the way you throw that in. Yeah, yeah, I have to. Before my time as well. Well, yeah, but I throw that in there. Just just watching, uh, just watching clips and just reading up about him. You know, he's only one of three players to win the World Cup as a player and a manager. You know, that's a great achievement. But you know, I suppose he invented the sweeper role, and you know, he was the defender with the. You know, a lot of defenders back in then was just you know, yeah. But a lot of defenders back then was just heading the ball, get it clear, get it out of your box. But you know, he was great with the ball at his feet, and yeah, you know, I think he was um, won three league titles, or three European cups with uh, Bayern Munich, which was you know it was unheard of for the for them, and um, yeah, just sad loss for football. That's it. Moving on to another man, a former England manager, um, Sen Goran Eriksson, has uh, been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, obviously, we'd like to wish him all the best. Uh, Wayne Rooney was qu- very sad to hear the news. Mm. He, he was very good as an English, in, in fairness, as yeah. an English manager. Very lucky. Look, um, I suppose England teams have tended to get to semi-finals and lost mm. penalties and different things. But the, the, the players really played for him. He yeah. had a good way with the players, obviously. Um it had a huge influence, obviously, on Wayne Rooney. Um, you know, it is sad to, when you hear these things, you know, yeah. no matter who the manager, who the player. Yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, hopefully they got it on time now and they'll be able to treat him and he'd be... Yeah, you know, no, I don't think uh, the news is... I think the news is far worse than that. I think okay. he said it himself that uh, he has a year a year at the most. Oh, uh, yeah, which is never good. And it just goes to show that, you know, it's a terrible, terrible disease and... You know, it doesn't discriminate against anyone, no matter how much money you have, or you know how healthy you are. You know, it just it can affect anyone at any time. So yeah, just uh, wish him the best, and hope he gets to, you know, carry on living his life to the best as he can. Yeah. And uh, moving on to Jay now, um, and I suppose a number of uh, 
a number of games. Uh, St Bridget's uh, had a were, had a good win over uh, over Castlehaven in the in the IB um, All Ireland Club Football Championship semi final. Um, that was in in, in Thurles. Um It was very. I, I saw this game and uh, half of the pitch, the pitch near on the the camera side of the yeah. pitch was frozen and the other half was grand. It was, it was like a summer's day on the other yeah, side, yeah. But uh, I suppose really looking at this game, Bridges had a, had a very good start. Cormac Sheehy made some very good saves. Mm. You know, the, very good defending as well. Um, well, what can you say about the forwards? Forward, that like ben O'Carroll has just been, this championship, he's just stepping up to the plate. Like he's just, he's just leading the team to success. He's just like a man possessed every game. His skill level... Mm. You know his his dummy solos, his dummy bounces. Um, yeah, just he's been a different class this championship. And you know, as someone myself that doesn't get to watch too much club football in Roscommon has been from Mayo. Yeah. You know, I'm getting to watch him on television now, and you know he's a joy to watch. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you know, I suppose really myself and uh, Seamus were discussing this on JFU uh, yesterday, and uh, we were kind of saying maybe that. The, because I suppose at this stage of the championship, but you know, the the you know Castlehaven were a good side. We've seen that in the Munster Championship, but um, you know with the talent that Bridges had, you know they, they were yeah. cutting them open. But um, I I got the feeling that maybe you know the winning and losing of this game was going to be in midfield. Shane Canan played very well midfield. I'm not saying the other the other guy that his partner didn't play uh, well, but yeah. he, he just seemed to make the difference in midfield, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he'd, exactly. And it was hardly, I suppose, it was keeping Castlehaven in the game, and um, you know, but it just got a bit of luck. I suppose the, the crossbar yeah. came to the raid in the end, but you know, um, they shouldn't fear going into the final now. They shouldn't fear. You know, they probably will be underdogs going in against Glen. You know, who've been there last year, but um, they definitely shouldn't fear anyone. That's um, sure. and definitely won't fear Glenn going in I suppose maybe you're better off going in as underdogs mm. um, you don't want to go in his favourites too much hype about you uh, you go in under the radar and um, yeah it should, should be a fantastic final because they've got some great players and not just the county players you know everyone is everyone and such a young team as well yeah Derwin Which, actually scored a, a played very well yeah forward you got a great goal absolutely yeah yeah so um, you know best of luck to them and unfor- uh, unfortunately for uh, for Castry St Kevin's, um, I suppose just give my summary of it, and then we we, we can get your opinion mm, on this. Yeah. Um, I was listening to it on the radio, and um, basically with the, with this game, I suppose Kilnamartra had a, had the better start, and uh, but but then again, kind of after in the fifteenth minute, then they started from the fifteen minute onwards, um, Castry came into the game, and they started catching up with them and started competing against yeah. against a very good. Kill the martyr team. Yeah. Um, you know, the minimum was in it on uh, at half time. Came into it even more though in the second half. Uh, but then they conceded the goal. But uh, but then the kick out obviously led to mm. Kill the Martyr's second goal. Yeah. But then towards the end, um a player one of the players went for a goal. Maybe if he'd went for the point because uh, yeah. it was go- it was a point they lost by a point, and if they'd went for the uh, yeah. the point instead of the goal, it might have went into extra time because, and I think they would have nab- nabbed it in, in extra time because they were starting to get on top of uh, Kilimanjaro yeah. at that stage. So maybe yeah. they would have nipped it in then. Yeah, hindsight is a great thing in football. Um, yeah. But I suppose if that if 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 club football was seventy minutes, I think Castlereagh would be in a final. But uh, you know, heartbreaking. You know, to concede the two goals, quick fire goals, yeah. and to come back to nearly win it. You know, shows the shows the the strength the mentality of the team you know to keep going um, 
and you know Miles Connolly's black hair as well was a was a big blow to them. Yeah. You know, and um but great fighting termination for them and you know, it's been a great year for them. I know they're gonna be very disappointed not to make the final, you know, to get to playing Crow Park for these lads would be a great achievement. But um plenty to build on for next year and you know, there's no reason why they can't compete back up at senior level again. That's it. I mean they're they're in senior now next year, so yeah, senior you know, next year. So we seen um, what stroke we seen what stroke sounded a couple of years ago. Well that's it. Um and Castle Castlery, you know, they'll be you know, they'll have to dust themselves off and get over the disappointment, but you know, they still have a county title to celebrate and a, a county title to celebrate, which shouldn't be overlooked just because you don't make the alarm final. And of course, they've the senior football to look forward to as well. Mm. But also, in that as well, very well set up, very shrewd manager in Dara Broon. Um, you know, their backs were phenomenal this year. Their forwards were, you know, Adam McDermott. He's yeah, uh, yeah, he's in the county team. Oh, and um, yeah, not for them. But uh, yeah, it, will we just see what the way club football has gone anymore? Like, you can't, a manager can't win and wing it anymore. Yeah. You know, he has to know what he's doing. He has to to get that to get that far. You have to. Tactically, you have to be set up very well, and that all comes from the managers. And you know, the manager's work just isn't done on a Tuesday, Thursday night at training. You know, a lot of managers' work now goes on behind the scenes. Mm. You know, doing up training plans, organising challenge matches, and yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing them next year in senior. That's it, and we'd like to wish them all the best. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them playing senior myself uh, next season. And uh, so I suppose that that brings us on to the other semi final uh, in the senior All Ireland senior uh, f- final um, All Ireland senior football semi final, the Glen versus Chemical Croaks. Now this game borderline shouldn't have gone ahead. It, it was very foggy, very hard to see. I actually, my opinion on this game is very minimal because I couldn't even see the game yeah yeah a lot of people were saying that maybe uh, but from a safety I know it was uh, the scoreline uh, was high but, uh, but or whatever fairly high but yeah. to me from a health and safety point of view and from from a spectator's point yeah. of view if you're watching it on the telly it's very hard yeah. to see and you were saying like you know everyone sitting at home is saying it's very hard to see maybe it's different at the game but you you go on Twitter then people were saying like it was it was even hard to see at the game yeah Um but um it's good to see um, Glenn get um, my personal opinion I was glad to see Glenn win yeah. you know um, um, and they'll be going for a title this year and that's why it's going to be very tricky for Bridget's they're going to be all out but um, you know the bit you could see it's a joy to watch Conor Glass playing football yeah oh, it's brilliant. he's just uh, he's just an exceptional footballer he wins when, when Glenn needs to win the ball he wins the ball he steps up and uh, yeah just a joy to watch and that's it, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very entertaining one. But I suppose, like we said, you know, with this Bridges team, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, but they're very young, but they're very talented." Yeah, you know, and, and so that gives them a chance. I, absolutely, I'm, you know, it's great to see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, experience is is one thing, but you know, this group of players for Bridges have no fear. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly. the way to approach. You know, maybe um, Glenn, you know, they've experienced, but they've also the baggage of losing in a final before. Mm. Whereas Bridges are going in here and out with no fear and um, on the day it's 50-50. That's it, that's mm. it. And uh, I suppose with Bridges not having come out or has gone for a few years, maybe the hunger is there. That they, you know, Shane, I must, there's a, well, there was an argument in our house about Shane Walsh's pass for the goal. <laughs> Did he mean it? Did he mean it? I thought it was an exceptional pass, oh, personally. Yeah. Um, um, you know, when he, when he does stuff like that, 
you know, he's a class player. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great pass. That's it. And moving on then to Jimmy McGuinness, we were talking about this off air earlier on. Um, he was he got an eight week ban. Now there's pluses and minuses. Everyone will have their own opinion on this. I felt with this one, um, look at an eight week ban. Now if it was in the championship game or um, or if it was in the championship game or a league game where points are at stake or a team winning something as I say yeah. but this is just a pre-season league and I don't mean to downgrade it or yeah. anything but um, you know but I, I know the rule is there where you have to be 18 on the 1st of uh, on the 1st of uh, January and all this mm. but an 8 week ban for that I thought was a bit ridiculous um, for for just playing one eligible yeah. player in, in a competition like that now yeah. um, other players might say ah well look it, it, it's making a statement but you're saying that it was overturned. Exactly, and you know it's not. The, if you but look back, before that, what's your opinion on my, that? My opinion that? is, if the rule is there, you you shouldn't break it. Yeah, that's it. That's why the rule is there because it's been broken before. Maybe um, clubs or teams were given out about players fatigue and young players been injured, and mm. you know should a seventeen year old be playing senior football? And um, you know that's why the rule was put in. And, and the you know as well, like exactly, yeah, yeah. And like, there's not an asterisk beside the rule. The rule is there in black and white. There's not an asterisk beside saying, "Oh, if you if your birthday was in three days' time, you can play." Mm. You know that's and but the ban it, itself is excessive. That's now, who right. makes the rule? Is it the is it the county chairman that's supposed to be on top of all that, or is it the manager? I, mean, um, I would have said that maybe a fine would have been a more appropriate way of dealing with it. Yeah, exactly. But then you know, because back to this thing again, if. What we see down to the years of the GA, hmm. you get a you get a ban, you appeal it, you get off. Yeah. It's just it keeps going. It's like a, it's just a Ferris wheel going round and round again. Like if you you get an eight week ban for playing a player, um, and then you see in a game a fella choking a fella on the ground, hmm. he gets a one game ban, and so he gets away with it. So it's just it's, it's making for for no, it's not. But it's just it's making a mockery of the GA. Like you get a fine. But you I get mean, a, they make the rules, and then they, they come make back the, on the rules. That's it. And like it's not giving the referees any ground to stand on. But I know this wasn't the referees' um, mistake or his judgment. But it's just making a mockery of the whole rule book because mm. you get a you get a ban, you get sent off, you appeal it. It's reduced and it's just repeat. So players know that, and county boards and county boards know that, and it's just it's going to keep happening until it doesn't happen, I suppose. Yeah, till the till the GA come on harder on teams and stop um, stop giving away appeals. Yeah, you know, if you like in soccer, if you appeal a red card and you're unsuccessful in the appeal, you're added. A game is added. Yeah. Whereas if in the GA, if you appeal. I don't think there's no one there's no yeah yeah if you, you, there's well to appeal like there's no consequences if you lose your appeal not mm. that any team seems to lose an appeal mm. but like if you put in an appeal and you lose the appeal maybe extra should be added mm. maybe it'll stop teams trying to appeal yeah that's it and mm. uh, moving on then to the FBD kind of Football League semi-final um, Roscommon Roscommon obviously bet Sligo in the quarter final they go on now they're in the semi-final that's uh, tomorrow Saturday in uh, the NU, the Galway NUIG uh, uh, Dome in uh, Beacon 
and uh, that there where they will play London. Um, you know, look at uh, the, the good thing for Roscommon was the, there was a number of debutants played very well. Obviously, Senan Lamb played very well for Roscommon when they, you know he started. Um, I suppose one or two play, people have said that maybe the jury is still out with Derek with um, Jack Duggan. That's Derek Duggan's um, yeah. young lad as well. Has been playing very well for uh, club football in, in Longford, um, but it's his first game. I suppose it'll take him time. Will he make the final cut for the for the panel for uh, for the league and the championship? That's another thing. But I think Senan Lamb has shown Lamb has shown a lot of promise, and there's been a good few debutants as well. So um, I suppose he has went with last, but I think with this Roscommon squad, uh, there's been players that have left the squad for one reason yeah. or another. Obviously, um, I suppose. Um, Harney is back. Ulton Harney is back, but he's out yeah. injured at the moment. Um, you know, t- um, Tiger Ork is back, uh, hopefully as well. Uh, Colin Heenan is, is back. He's supposed to be playing, re- training really well. Uh, pl- they played played well uh, last week as well. Um, so there's a lot of positives from Roscommon now. But turning on Mayo, and I'm not picking on Mayo, no, but I'm just saying it as, no. as it is. Um, you know, you would have expected, even as an experimental side, which is what the, the league is all about. Yeah. Um, to an extent, you would have thought that maybe, um, you know, maybe Mayo would have won. But you see, the thing with the, the nature of the of the London team, it is kind of former county players. Uh, yeah players that would have yeah, played yeah. county football over here that have got and that's what makes them a very good side but it's the same with New York as well yeah absolutely no you, no, you can't make excuses for me oh, that's not, and it's not to be little London in any way stretch of imagination but uh, a Mayo team any Mayo team that goes out should be beating London um, and you know if you look back on the Mayo championship wasn't great the county final was very poor performance um, this performance against London I know it was fringe players and I think you know, when you're in the championship and you've players playing for Mayo and then you hear someone in the stands saying, why isn't X, Y and Z on the panel? I think they'll know now why X, Y and Z isn't on the panel because the players just aren't there in Mayo. Um, you know, Mayo have been dying at the top table for, we've had 12, maybe 12 good years. You know, we lost to Longford, I think it was 2010, one of the darkest days of Mayo football. And then James Horn came in and completely revolutionised Mayo football and, you know, Bairn, Dublin and Kerry, any other county in Ireland would have bit their hands off to be in Mio's position. I know Mio lost a lot of all Ireland's um probably against the greatest team that's ever played the game. Um but you know, Mio we're not gonna stay at that level forever and I think I don't think we're at the top three, four teams anymore. I think we've we've come back and we've come back a good bit. Um but this result is I think is gonna be a wake up call, even though it's the FPD league. Um so it's going to be interesting to see where Mayo football goes this year. Um, and I mean, they haven't a lot of time to fix this. I mean, the, no. the National League's only around the corner. No, and exactly, the National League last year won the National League mm. and, you know, got to play Dublin and he was qualifying and um, did well up until half time but then Dublin blitzed them in the second half. But, uh, Would you say they're a team in transition maybe and that's why they're not kind of dying uh, out? I wouldn't even say transition. I'd say they're just coming back. Yeah. You know, they've a few retirements and... You know, um, club football in Mayo isn't as strong as it used to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, the county final is testament to that. Yeah, and then <laughs> you saw the Balna against Currafin, you know, mm-hmm. it was a very handy win for Currafin. Um, so, yeah, uh, tough year for Kevin McStay, um, but as a Mayo fan, 
no more than a Chelsea fan we hope and with his hope there's life with his life there's hope and and, and I mean there's no excuse because uh, Mayo have knocked and they still can't win no exactly yeah <laughs> that's it yeah but, uh, you'll have to start bringing them down to knock there before they play we'll keep, games I think we'll keep fine <laughs> but I think th- I think the important thing for Mayo is um, and I know Dublin you know no one wanted to get relegated out of Division 1 because there was the thing that no Division 2 team has ever won the All-Ireland but Dublin changed that but uh, I think it's very important for Mayo that they stay in Division 1 this year and just moving on, uh, then moving on to uh, this is one that I, I, I uh, looked at uh, yesterday. I thought it'd be a good one. Uh, Connacht JCO calls for uh, a financial uh, financial ceiling before things get spiraled out of control. Now this goes back. We were talking about this, uh, I think, before Christmas about the the, t- the amount of money spent on mm. uh, on on the county teams. Yeah. And I know, like you know, there's this thing, a whole thing of uh, JP McManus giving each county over a, a million euro each and all that mm. um, I saw an average, in an article yesterday um, you know uh, each club will be getting seven grand seven grand even at an old club uh, at a club level wouldn't last too long when you consider all the all the things that has to be done yeah. at the club level like. yeah I think well I think he called this when it came out when I think was Galway's finances were released I think it was two two million for Galway spent um, but that's that's hurling and football Um yeah, I suppose something is going to have to be done because, you know, other teams just can't compete with that. Yeah. You know, how are Leitrim, Sligo, the yeah. smaller county ever be going, ever going to compete if it's coming down to finances? Um, but I think, yeah, back to the JP McManus money, I think, you know, I think Sligo were the big winners out of it. I think uh, Sligo's 30 grand per team. Um, Mayo, I think, was 14. Not sure about Roscommon or any other kind of I Dublin, I think, would obviously be the least amount but um, yeah it's, it's a big problem in the GA you now finance yeah that's it I mean we've we discussed it there before Christmas we've seen how much it cost everyone I think it was the Galway team but uh, I suppose look that's the way it is and then uh, if you were to if you were to see how much it cost to, to run the Dublin team I suppose that would be yeah, yeah, but, as well, but yeah exactly but like but so many players living away from their county now yeah expenses have gone up and you know you know, we're not. We were ten years ago. Everything in the country has got more expensive. So yeah, I, mean, I suppose that's why the that's why costs have gone up. And you know, if you want to win in All Ireland, you're going to have to spend money. That's the reality of it. Because I mean, like you know, it's seven grand to a club. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're playing a game under lights, very expensive. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. the the floodlights are very expensive to run. Yeah, for a match or anything like that. So that you know, there's all that. But I suppose moving moving away from that now, we're going on to kind of positive stuff and one or two uh, unfortunate things um, in rugby if we kick off great news it's great great to see uh, Andy Farrell uh, appointed as the manager of the uh, the Lions team yeah I think he was the outstanding candidate yeah definitely uh, uh, yeah I think Warren Gatlin had been there I think he'd done three tours maybe mm. I could be wrong on that now but uh, yeah yeah it's great to see Andy Farrell getting in there and um, I and I think he's He's going to get a good. Uh, it's a great place to be going, Australia, mm. um, because that their rugby isn't in a great place at the moment. Yeah. You know, we've seen them from the World Cup, um, very underwhelming performance, and you know maybe when a new manager coming in there might shake them up a bit. But uh, I think of all the tours that um, he could be going on, um, Australia is the best tour, um, and I'm pretty sure he'll do well out there because um, you know. Northern Hemisphere rugby is in a very healthy spot, you know, with England getting to the World Cup uh, final, um, Ireland 
you know, they've they have a great team, France, or not France, obviously aren't in it, but uh, Northern Hemisphere, um, rugby's in a great team and he's going to have a great pool of players to play for, to play, to pick from. And yeah, yeah I think he's going to do very well down in Australia and, you know, I could see him getting um, two or three runs at this. That's it, and it's going to be interesting to see what sort of what sort of squad he has. And uh, I suppose, uh, like we'll be we, we'll be talking about the Six Nations as well. But I suppose next on is an unfortunate thing. Obviously, Mac Hansen is out. I think it was a shoulder injury. He'll be missing. Yeah. Uh, he'll be missing the entire Six Nations campaign. Yeah. Huge loss for both Con- for both Connacht and uh, and Ireland. Um, I suppose really when you look at both teams, um, who's there to replace them at Connacht level? I know they've options at Connacht level and yeah. you know, Connacht, but uh, and more there'll be more options with for Ireland but um, you know even Ireland um, you know they're, they're hit for hit with a few injuries yeah. as well ahead of the Six Nations as well so you would worry for Connacht more so than Ireland yeah. because you know he's the standout player he's the you know when he came back there after the World Cup you know he just has that X factor about him mm. um, you know you can see the step up in class straight away when he was playing his first game back but regarding Ireland he's massive low as well but like you know you have players now that are going to step up like uh, Balakoon from Ulster Stockdale now is back in the reckoning again. Um, I think Ireland are well coped. Obviously, you don't want to lose your best players, and he's a guaranteed starter for Ireland. Mm. Um, but I think Ireland are going to have plenty of cover in that position, but it's just Connacht you worry for. Yeah, that's it. And uh, moving on to a positive story then, Bundy Aki uh, wins the Ruby Riders uh, Player of the Year. Well deserved. He has had a great, he's had a great season. <coughs> yeah. For, both for Connacht, he's a brilliant player, and also he had an exceptional Six Nations and, an, and a brilliant, yeah. a brilliant World Cup. Well deserved the award. Yeah, what a absolutely. man he should be getting because he's yeah, brilliant. absolutely. He was a, the standout player for the first, well, all the group games for Ireland, and and he made the World Cup team of the year. Yeah, the exactly. World yeah, Cup team yeah, and he was up for player of the, he was up for player of the World Cup, I think. Yeah. Um, Savia, I think, won that if I remember correctly, but um. Yeah, he was the standout player for Ireland and in most of the games, most of the group games, he was the best player. Um, but yeah, it's great to see a Connacht player winning the award. That's it, uh, yeah. And uh, moving on to the Six Nations, like I just said there, um, a number of injuries heading into the Six Nations. But, you know, I was kind of saying this to Adrian, and you'll, you'll hear us uh, uh, with Adrian, myself mm-hmm. and Adrian, uh, talking on uh, Rugby View. Um, I was kind of making the point that, um, you know, with, with this Ireland team, you know they can actually dip dip into what is a very quality, a very good quality under there's some quality players in the under twenties that they can uh, maybe. But I, I think it's striking a balance between like you know bedding in some of these players mm. and kind of looking long term maybe over the next couple of years, yeah. but also trying to kind of do well in the in the Six Nations. Like um, I was talking to. Um, Obviously, Mul- uh, Robbie Mulvey as well, and he, he was kind of saying, "Well, do you sacrifice with definitely winning um, the the Six Nations uh, in order to bed in those players because they're well worth a look and uh, they are talented. Yeah. But it's just about bedding them in at the right time. Some players are yeah. better. Per- I think I think personally, in my own opinion, and Adrian Ed to be far more experienced, qualified to talk about than I would. But I think you know we go on plenty of other tours. Yeah." I think that's your time to bet in players. Uh, very important to win the Six Nations. Um, the November internationals would be ideal. Ideal, yeah, and yeah, there is very good as we've seen from the under twenties this year winning the Grand Slam, um, or last year winning the Grand Slam. But uh, I think the big thing for Ireland going into the Six Nations this year is your out half position. Who's going to play? You know, you the two Burns, your Frawley, um, 
Some good options. Yeah, you've even Prendergast. Jack Hartley? Yeah, no, I think he's no. Far, yeah. yeah, I think, and then you've Prendergast too. Is under twenty. Um, under and they all have under twenties. And then you're talking who's going to play your centres. You know, you've Ringrose, you've Bundyaki, and you've Henshaw. Who starts out of them? Um, so yeah, I think Ireland will be um, okay in the Six Nations this year. But it's it's going to be very competitive. You know, you Scotland who'll be very disappointed with their World Cup performance. You know, they had big hopes to get out of the group. Um, Wales who overperformed in the World Cup. Um, you know, didn't expect them to get out of the group with Fiji and Australia in the group, and then of course England who very much overperformed getting to the final. So yeah, you've and then you've France. You've it's going to be one of the toughest Six Nations in recent memories and yeah if Ireland can win us you know it just shows how good of a squad they have that's it moving on to golf um, in golf John Ram going to LIV or Liv yeah he you know he he said I think it was he quoted himself two years ago he doesn't play for money he plays for the love of golf but making the money along the way isn't too bad yeah but if you if you get if you get enough money to set up your Family, your future generations. Mm. Um, was it? I quoted Mike Tyson before. He said, "Everyone has a plan till you get punched in the face." Well, this is it. Um, and everyone has a plan till money's put in front of them, and it just goes to show what Saudi Arabia are doing for the world of sport. You know, you've um, it, I think it's called Saudi Arabia season. You know, you've boxing going on there. You've Formula One going on there. You know, the Crown Prince has really changed Saudi Arabia. You know, it's your opinion if it's for the better or for the worse. Are they are they sports washing? Is that what they're doing to um, to cover over human rights? Um, but and you see with the soccer, the way players are going out there. Um, but uh, yeah, John Ram is a massive, massive loss to the PGA Tour. And and when you see players like him going, and is our players going to follow suit? Um, you know, it's very, very hard to turn down that money. That is. Um, same in the soccer. We've seen same in soccer, yeah, time. but then you've getting away from golf. Um, Jordan Henderson now wants to come back, so maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be out there. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, when you when you see how well the Liverpool midfield is ticking, it's going to find it very hard. Oh, to yeah, he's not. He's, he doesn't get into the top 10 teams in the Premier League in my opinion he's but he might, it doesn't mean that he'd necessarily go back to Liverpool I don't know like no no and there's no way back for Liverpool he doesn't even get in the Liverpool yeah. squad um, I think uh, maybe a Wolves maybe a, not even a Fulham maybe a Wolves and Iron Forest sort of that'd be his level now mm, yeah. I could be wrong uh, yeah. but maybe that's what's going to happen some of these players you know there's rumours that a lot of them are getting sick of the lifestyle out there and you know they didn't think it's always cracked up to be so yeah. there might be a few players there for the, in the transfer markets but uh, the Saudi Pro League have said if you want to buy them players they're going to slap a massive price tag on them so mm-hmm. you know I suppose some of the players that's, they've made their bed now they'll have to line it Well that's it that's it and uh, moving on to Darts then and I think the story of Darts this season has to be uh, this year has to be Luke Littler in the and the World Cup Championships he's been uh, for a lad of 16 he's genie he did unreal didn't he? Yeah he was a surprise package you know no one had heard of him before and you know to do to do what he did when he was 16 is absolutely incredible um, and he's only 16 imagine he's only, what he's capable of oh, in the absolutely yeah, but just hope that you know 
I don't know anything about the lad, but you just hope that the fame doesn't go to his head and the money doesn't go to his head because, you know, he's pulled from when he was winning matches and <coughs> he was in pull from station to station doing interview and in an interview. So, um, everyone wants a piece, yeah, everyone wants a piece. And there's rumors now that they're make, going to make an Anthony Joshua's production company is going to make a film, wants to make a film about his life. And you know, it's, it's great when you see the videos of him, you know, when he's picking up darts when he was 18 months old, and you know, you see, I think. 4.5 million people watched the uh, find this year the darts compared to two the previous year yeah so it just goes to show what he's what he's done for darts and you know the money to be made out of the darts now is crazy you know if you it's played all over the world I think they're going to Bahrain in a few weeks and you know if you look at the draw for the first round of the world championships you know there was a flag there could have been 40 different flags in it like <laughs> so it just goes to show how how popular the game has come and um, I know he was the story of the darts but you know you have to give credit to Luke Humphreys as That's well yeah, you yes. know he has he's had a year for the ages you know he's won I think three majors mm. you know he said so much how he suffered from his mental health a few years ago so to come back and win three majors I think it was three majors he won and yeah, I, I remember the final um Littler missed, I think it was double, double ten to go, f- I think it was five, three up. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been the game, back to five, four, and then Humphrey just stepped up a gear. But um, yeah, Luke Littler, definitely the story of the uh, World Championships. And moving on to just some stuff that I I, I want to read out as well, uh, I want to mention. And uh, Roscommon District Football League uh, County Soccer Team, we're, uh, we are away to uh, Mayo uh, this Sunday. Uh, it's our final match uh, of the Oscar Trainer Cup campaign. Um, it's uh, it, it's in uh, Solar Park in uh, Castlebar. Um, so that, that game is on this Sunday. Um, the Roscommon Senior Hurlers lose 225 to 316 uh, against the Gal- Galway Development. Now, that Galway team is actually made up of junior hurling, junior hurlers in the county. Um, so. Um, that was that, that was a no case balls both look at that's I think that's the way that the level that was coming are at unfortunately mm. but um, you know hopefully they'll have a good league campaign and maybe I've uh, got I'm going from that then um, in the championships hopefully um, you know because we have some serious hurlers even though there isn't a small there, there's only a small pocket of. Uh, clubs in Roscommon um, there's a lot of serious hurlers and a lot of very good hurlers uh, in the in the county as well um, some new ones there there's a, a, gl- a good mix there so and of course that's that boy by a, a new manager as well it's going to be interesting to see how they get on in the National League and uh, then uh, so moving on then to uh, to the Sigerson Cup um, it, it, there, there's a Roscommon flavour to the Minute University's team um, in this year, for this year's Sigerson Cup, uh, as Craig's man um, and former miner from uh, from 2006, Colin Canny is the defence coach uh, with Minute University for for the Sigerson Cup. But also, not only that in the coaching, but uh, on the playing, on the playing end of things, uh, Colin Walsh uh, from Oran, and of course his teammate, uh, his teammate um, James Fitzpatrick, uh, both Oran men, both Roscommon football yeah. players. Um, you know. It, and of course both of them played on the under 20 team uh, they got to the All-Ireland final there a couple of years ago as well um, they're involved in the Sigerson Cup as well so uh, they're, they're playing next yeah, week yeah like Sigur I think suppose you know back to the years you know only a handful of 
you'd say if you go back to the 90s, 80s, only a handful of players, yeah. you know, used to be going to college, playing Sigerson. But now, you know, it's sort of turned into like, the, you know, the NFL. Yeah. Everyone goes to everyone goes to college and, um, you know, the level has really stepped up, you know, and you've, you've mentioned there someone going as a defence coach for yeah. a Sigerson team. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just where GA is so close to professional now. Yeah. Level, it's unbelievable. Like you've, um, the colleges hand out massive scholarships. Yeah. To to players, um, our own my own club. Um, I think it was a surprise. Uh, NUIG were or NUIG were knocked out. I think our own uh, club man of mine, Keen Hanley, got the winning goal for. Uh, I think he, I think he's DCU. So I think that was a big shock. That's it, and uh, you know we'd like to we'd like to wish uh, Manute and all the teams all the best of luck in the next round of the championship. I'd be I'd be actually talking to uh, Colin uh, next week as well, so that's going to be on uh, next week's um, that's going to be on next week's G view. So uh, you can you can look forward to that. And uh, yeah, so next up then there's uh, a new feature on next week. Uh, I was telling you about this off air. Um, um, you know, I was telling uh, Brian, it's uh, a new feature that I'm doing with uh, Adrian Y. It's called Gym Update. So myself and uh, myself and Brian will be giving tips on uh, exercises to do, and obviously injury prevention. So we say, like, you know, do two days in the gym and have a have mm. a recovery day, uh, not to be going every day for seven days. Yeah, yeah. The body needs to, you know, things like that. But thanks, uh, we'd be doing exercises that are relevant. For this time of year, to soccer, yeah. um, GA, and rugby, um, so that's something for uh, to look forward to. But um, I suppose really going the way things are going now, um, you know, going to the gym now is a very popular uh, uh, thing to do. So I suppose is, yeah. from your point of view, what are your thoughts on on a feature like this on Ross FM? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you said on the show, there's something for everyone. Yeah. And you know, coming up after Christmas now, everyone wants to get the health kick in. But you know, it's important to. Uh, you know, you see you, some young lads now, and that's all they want to do is spend time in the gym, and then they go out on the pitch and they pick up an injury. So it's, I suppose, it's finding that balance of not doing too much in the gym and looking after your body. Yeah. You know, health and fitness is very important, but you know, you don't want to overstep the mark and be picking up injuries and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you know, that's 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 obviously not just going to be a piece for footballers it's going to be uh, everyone, everyone yeah. yeah just keep even fishing begin, we, we might even do a bit for like beginners and people that are just entering into uh, yeah not even not even people that are into sport just into just want to get healthy after Christmas yeah. and you know have a New Year's resolution of you know losing a few pounds and wanting to get healthy again and yeah it, looking forward to hearing about it no problem, yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing that with Adrian, and that starts on uh, next week's show, so something for you to look forward to. And of course, if you have any questions you'd like, uh, or any, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to say on that, uh, text Ross FM Sport, Ross FM Sport Department at uh, Outlook.ie, and uh, I'll uh, include them in next week's uh, chat when I'm talking to... Uh, to uh, Adrian. So next up we have talking about rugby. After this we have uh, rugby view with Adrian, uh, with Adrian Leddy and then after that we'll be talking all things J with myself and um, Ray Lannan, former Roscommon goalkeeper and that's coming up.
Hello everyone, how are you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's Roscommon and District Football League update with myself, Aidan Raftery. And just looking through the uh, the fixtures for this weekend, and starting with Friday, that's this evening, the 12th of January, in the first division of the Roscommon and District Football League, Ballymore take on St John's Athletic B at 8pm. Going on to tomorrow, it's the Reserves League, Saturday the 13th of January, CP Ajax take on Dunmore Town, and Moore United take on... Roscommon United, both of those games kick off at 12 o'clock. Ballinagara Manor are at home to Boyle Celtic and that game kicks off at 11.15. And moving on to Sunday then in uh, the Oscar Trainer Cup, the Roscommon District Football League. Oscar Trainer side take on the Mayo League, Mayo League in, uh, the, in Solar Park in Mushbill in in Mushbush, Milebush in uh, Castlebar, and that kicks off at 1 pm. And on the, in the Connacht FA Women's Shield, um, Shivan Rovers take on Castle Celtic, and uh, Shivan Rovers are home in that one, and that kicks off at 2 pm. Moving on to the first division, then, My Lot take on, uh, My Lot 79 take on Glen Celtic, that's at 11 pm, as is Dunmore versus uh, Sky Valley Rovers, also at 11 am. Moving on to the second division, then, um, Rahara Rovers take on Cam Celtic at 11am Clunfad United are at home to St. Coons United Ahaskara at 11am and also Kilcurn United versus Roscommon United also kicks off at 11am and moving on to the Women's League then in Balahadrine are at home to Cam Celtic at 2pm St. Coons United Ahaskara take on Kilcurn United at 2pm as is Boyle Celtic versus Ballinasaw Town also at 2pm and that is the weekly update Roscommon and District Football League update with myself Aidan Rafferty until next week bye hello everyone how you doing you're very welcome to this episode of uh of futsal update with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and of course the coach of uh, of Blue Magic, the Ireland Deaf Futsal team, and of course a man that has set up his own academy, and it's uh, it's uh, started off, and it's going to be going very well. And that's Sina. How are you doing, Sina? Hello, hello. Great to have you back. Busy, busy, busy. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you again. Uh, busy, busy, busy. Futsal, 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 seven days per week. But look, no complaints there. If it wasn't like that, you wouldn't have called me for this interview. So let's do it. That's it. That's it. And it's it's uh, look really look forward to getting up today. It's because uh, I suppose since we saw you last, a lot of things, a lot of exciting things have happened to you. But I suppose first of all, we kick off with an update on how things have. Uh, have gone since we last spoken to you about uh, with Blue Magic. Uh, you went to the UEFA Futsal Champions League uh, as well. How did that go for you? And of course, domestically as well. Oh, yeah. It's been that long since we talked. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. Uh, yes, we went to the Champions League, Greece, uh, to Athens. Uh, I, I, what can I say? Uh, we played very well. This is uh, we managed to get the four points in the group, which is the first time in Blue Magic's history that a uh, club managed to do something like that. We beat the English side, Bloomsbury, 5-0 in the first round. In the second round, we played against the uh, Moldovan champions and we drew 2 all. And then we actually went to the turn that final round with the chance of progressing to, to the next stage of the Champions League should we beat the host team, Dukas, from Greece. Unfortunately, we didn't manage to do that. Uh, I think we 
look, it was very tough group. I can't say we exceeded our expectations. We were, of course, hoping and we went there to fight for to to progress from the group. But uh, what what I actually learned this year is that it's very difficult for a Blue Magic or a club of our level, let's call it amateur club, even though we are trying to be as professional as we can. It's very difficult for us to play three highly competitive matches in four days, which is the Champions League. Uh, group stage. This is something that we are struggling with because uh, the the training regime that we have in Ireland throughout the year and later when when we play the games, we even though we are trying to beat ourselves every time when it comes to preparation and our quality going to the Champions League, it, it proves once again to be a very difficult task to play very, very first game we played against the Bloomsbury a uh, very decent team. We managed to beat them 5-0. Maybe the score wasn't a proper reflection of, of the of the match. I don't think there is five goal difference between Blue Magic and Bloomsbury, if I'm t- totally honest. But uh, next game we had to play less than 15 hours after. So we had a very short recovery time and you, you play another match. And then you have half a day in between so and then you play a third match so for us that's a very difficult as well as for Bloomsbury for professional teams who are training seven days per week sometimes twice per day this is normal but I I, I don't know what we need to do to bridge this gap I, I I'm I'm realizing that it's more and more difficult but anyway we performed very well I'm happy with the players I'm happy with our performance I think we are improving every year and as I said, historic result for the Blue Magic Futsal Club. You you can't say more than that. Very proud of my players. We fought against the professional clubs, against the professional players, people who do this for a living, and uh, we really represented Ireland in the best possible way. That's it. And I suppose, really, you know, um, I suppose where a lot of things you're happy with, a lot of things maybe you weren't happy with, maybe that you could work on. But I suppose overall, from the tournament, overall, um, what do you feel that that you have gained from it, as in uh, the learnings from it uh, by both yourself as a coach and the players uh, that you can take forward and maybe employ into your own, uh, I suppose, ways of training and ways of playing? Is there anything you you'd like, you kind of adapt from that or haven't learned from it? Hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to say that we are going to, to UEFA Champions League to gain... Uh, experience for the next round. That this is maybe what we we were doing in fir- first time when we went and second yeah. time. But now I think my my players, especially seven or eight of them who who's been competing in, in UEFA Champions League several times, uh, they are not going there, and I am not going there just to compete and gain experience. I don't. Uh, what, what I realized this time that players are not fearing anybody, so we literally go there and we give our best. We don't feel as underdogs. We really prepare very well. I, I could see in each match from the very first kick of the ball or even before that, when we walk on to the pitch, before we start our warm-ups, I can see that players are working, walking on the pitch with the confidence in their eyes and the body language is there and everything is there. So we absolutely perform to our maximum when it comes to, to this time. And uh, I, I don't think we underachieved when it comes to style of playing or anything like that. Simply, we couldn't do any better competing against the professional teams. Uh, What we learned is that probably uh, Irish League and the competition that we have in Ireland will not help us 
or any other club who will be representing Ireland in the future in UEFA Champions League unless league gets stronger. We need more competitive matches and stronger league and stronger teams in the league so that going to UEFA is not constantly being a journey that pushes us outside of our limits and something that when we get there, then we realize that uh, that we that we never had these kind of games. So with Blue Magic, I played 12 to 15 uh, champion league matches and these are my strongest matches in 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 uh, and strongest matches for blue magic players it would be much better if we could experience these kind of matches are in our domestic league because we can't i think what we learned from uh, last champions league is that probably throughout the season we should seek even for friendly matches abroad or invite professional clubs to come to play in ireland which probably is a big task considering the hotel prices and the, and the uh, living style in Ireland, probably it's easier for us to travel somewhere else. And I think should we wish to progress to the next round of the Champions League, but that depends on the uh, president of the club and what are the real goals of the club. Uh, should we wish to do this, I think that we would need two or three journeys abroad to play against a stronger opponent prior to our Champions League matches. So let's say, should we qualify this year? And if we win the league this year in Ireland, I think this should be our mission if we want to progress from the group that we go and play. I have connections all over the Europe. Uh, president of the club has connections in, in Poland. I am okay with all Balkans countries and uh, clubs. So maybe to, to get there for a weekend to 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 be pushed outside of comfort zone, to be badly beaten if needed, to learn something so that we go to Champions League matches that it feels something like we played the week before or two weeks before, not a year ago. So this is the only thing I think uh, that we could improve or we could try to do should we wish to progress to the next round. Uh, apart from that, there is absolutely nothing that Blue Magic could, could have done better or that we are doing, not doing very well uh, considering the circumstances circumstances and the league in which we compete well that's great that you you know and it's it is essential and you're quite right the attitude of yourself and and the players um that is the kind of attitude believing in yourself and wanting to go and win things not just compete um because that that's the kind of attitude you need in sport in order to have success i mean if you're going to just Oh, going to these tournaments just to take part and and learn, you don't actually progress. Whereas if you're playing, if you're playing to win, um, and you believe in the players and the players believe in you, well, then that's where the progression and the that's where uh, that that's where the success comes from. But I suppose domestically, uh, domestically, I suppose in in the league in Ireland, uh, how have you how have you been getting on on that on that front? Uh, domestically, since we came back from UEFA, we actually finished our first part of the season. And at the moment, from from a week or two before Christmas, we are on a break. Uh, our league resumes. Our first match is 22nd of January. We are back to training last week. So we are just uh, in our physical stage, prepar preparation of a, a fit fitness kind of and uh, conditioning first week so we are going to continue with that for next two weeks and we are also introducing a little bit of tactical work to be ready we have three more games we had some matches postponed actually uh in the first part of the season due to 
I, I'm not sure, but uh, so we have uh, three more games to play before a playoff starts. Uh, look, we won. Uh, we are top of the table, and I think we we have a good chance to 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 finish top of the table, which means we are going directly to the semifinals of the playoffs. So should this happen in about two three weeks' time, we will be waiting for uh, for for another four teams to play first round of playoffs and then we are starting with the semifinals. So we are where we were planning to be uh, at this part of the season. We, we we wanted to be top of the league. We wanted to go directly to the semifinal of, of our playoffs. And now real work starts. Most important part of the season, we have to prepare for it. I don't really care about winning the games in first, second, third round of the domestic league. What is most important to me is to to win the league and later FAI Cup to qualify for the Champions League once again. Uh, when it comes to to the league, I, I, I think our biggest opponents will be pro-Brazil this season. Uh, we played them twice actually already, so we are not going to meet anymore in a regular part of the season. We can only meet in, to, to play against each other in the playoffs. They actually, we, we, we drew one match against them for all, so this is a interesting. We were, we were pushed to, to, for the first time in many years, we were pushed to actually to our limits, and, and uh, it was an interesting and tough game. So this is good. I think this is give us, a, this is, this will tell us where we are and how hard we need to work, that nothing is guaranteed and we can't take for granted that just because we were champions of Ireland for the last four years that we will beat this season unless we prepare well and unless we deserve it on the pitch. That's it. And I suppose another strange here, Bo, was uh, you managed the Ireland uh, deaf futsal team uh, to the World Cup in Brazil. And of course, uh, like I said to you there off air, a local girl, Ashleen Hanley, was a member of the squad as well. Obviously, she plays for the uh, the Roscommon Intermediate uh, Ladies Footballers. Uh, a great girl. And, uh, you know, w- when you hear her story as well, she's a real inspiration, as are all the girls on, on your squad. Um, a great experience for her. She got a, a great recognition in the in local media, uh, as did, I'm sure, all the girls in it. Uh, great for, for, for the ladies, for ladies futsal, um, to be going to a, a prestigious um, thing like that. A lot of organisation went into it, I'm sure, uh, both by yourself and the players, and a lot of training and I'm sure friendly matches ahead, but uh, you know beforehand. But I suppose the travelling, the whole, the whole thing was a great experience for the girls and yourself. Um, obviously you were involved in different things as well, so you had that bit of experience and knew how to organise them and that. But um, I suppose when you got to Brazil, how how did the whole tournament go? And uh, you know, this is a great group of girls as well. I've been following you as well. But um, yeah, how how do you, I suppose were the how were the players happy and you happy with how everything went when you got over there? Uh, look, first of all, traveling to Brazil to to country of football and it, a country of where where futsal, you know, really started. Uh, it was always my childhood dream when when I start playing futsal, age of twelve, and later through life, it was always about Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. I wanted to experience and to see these things that I watched on the 
the, earlier in my life on the documentaries about Brazilian style of football that everything starts on the streets. And uh, I wanted to see it myself and uh, to have opportunity to go to Brazil to the World Cup, Futsal World Cup, not as a spectator, but to be to participate in it. It's a it's a dream. I mean, what can you say about that? And uh, let's be honest, I, I wasn't disappointed. We were in Sao Paulo or a little bit outside of Sao Paulo. And uh, those 15, two weeks, 15 days were all about Futsal, 100% Futsal, Futsal. Uh, Brazil is a country, oh, of course, summertime over there. So beside nice weather and nice food, uh, it was all about futsal. For girls, as you mentioned, Ashlyn as well. Uh, Ash, great player, very valuable player in our team. The only left-footed player in our team, so she has a specific uh, specific role in the team as well. It's it's you know the team made of 12, 14 right-footed players. You you really, I, I wish we had more of of left-footed players, but we don't. So great experience for for every single player as you said her story is amazing but so is everybody else uh, after playing euro cup in italy in 2022 and finishing six and qualifying for the world cup actually this time we, we prepared very well probably the best since i joined the, the team again and we went there we didn't know what to expect uh we Similar situation to what I mentioned in Blue Magic, it would be good that this if this team could play strong matches during the preparation or during the year. I know girls are playing in various football clubs. Some of them play futsal occasionally. Some of them are GAA players. And then we get the national team camps where we gather together and we we train and we practice, but we can only get to a certain level when you don't, when you have a limited number of training sessions and players who are not playing uh, futsal week in, week out. So this would be something, I don't know, that maybe we could do better as a country. Having said that, it took us game two or three to realize where we are when it comes to to, to what we need to do and things like that. But uh, look, again, we, we beat Argentina, which was the uh, first time ever that any Irish team, men or women, 11 any football or futsal side managed to be a South American, managed to be the South American country. So this is history was made as well. And we drew with Japan, who went to be a world champions, beating Brazil in the finals. So we are very happy. We finished fifth in the World Cup, which was a massive achievement. Girls were happy, staff were happy, everybody happy. And by doing this, we qualified for the Deaf Olympics, actually, that are being held in Turkey and we should be traveling at the beginning of March to play in the Deaf Olympics. Uh, what can I say uh, for girls and for myself on a personal level playing uh, when it comes to the national team playing in Euro Cup and then after that in World Cup and now in the Olympics the, these are the three biggest competitions when it comes to national teams the, there is nothing more than that so I'm obviously very proud of the girls and their achievements and proud of our work all together to be honest 
That's it. And, uh, you know, it's, we'd, we'd like to wish you all the best of luck. And, of course, uh, to Ashling as well. We'll uh, we, we'd be certainly be sending on the podcast of this. And uh, I'm sure she would be delighted to have got a mention on this. And uh, she, she thoroughly deserves it. She's, she's a great girl. Um, now, I haven't had I the pleasure of meeting her, but uh, heard a lot about her and wishing her every success in her GA and, of course, with yourselves as well. But uh, that brings us on to the last kind of stro- stroke... Um, or the last string to your bow, and that is you recently set up, and it's uh, it's after starting as well. Uh, your uh, futsal academy. Can you tell us a bit uh, a bit more about that and how uh, I suppose there's a lot went into organising it. I know you were kind of saying about all the things you have to put in place uh, the last time in our last interview, but uh, you know, getting through all that now, it has started. It's up and running. I seen you you, you had um, a post up saying that you you started as. Uh, as the the director and all that and, and the coach could you tell us a bit about um is it still kind of early days and you're you're getting players involved or are you actually is has it actually started and uh, things are starting to go well for you or what, hmm. what's uh, what stages of that uh look just before christmas i start to testing water and see you know how 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 it would all go now from from 1st of january or from from to 2024, I could say that I officially started with my academy. The, it, it's early days, of course, but I'm very happy with uh, how things are going on so far. Uh, I focused mainly on visiting football clubs, uh, having meetings with coaches who are coaching kids of young age, having a little presentation about futsal and why futsal is good for football players as well how the futsal provides uh, necessary tools when it comes to development of football of football players as well. So I am at the moment focused mainly on visiting football clubs and providing uh, an extra training session per week for kids in football clubs. So let's say if kids are training on Tuesday and... Hello everyone, how you doing? And you're very welcome back to Friday Sport here with myself, Aidan Rafty, and the show's as always kindly sponsored by Best Drive here. Uh, yeah, sorry there was a, I made a mistake there, I played the, uh, the futsal interview, and you can play, you can listen to the full version of that, uh, interview on, uh, if you go on to Ross FM Sport on, um, the Mixed Cloud, or indeed on Spotify, uh, just look at, at fut, futsal update, and of course, uh, I meant to play the, um, Adrian Leddy, the Adrian Leddy interview there, but you can actually go on, uh, you can bo- go both on, uh, on Friday Sport, uh, on, um, on, uh, on Spotify, and of course, as I said, um, also, uh, fr- also on Ross, Ross Sport for, um, Ross FM Sport for, on, uh, Mixcloud for, um, the full, for, uh, the Adrian Leddy, uh, show, for the Adrian Leddy podcast, uh, Rugby View. So, uh, yeah, so it's that time, uh, it's that time of the, uh, the week again where we start to talk about all things G. And joining me on the line, as always, we have, uh, former Roscommon goalkeeper Ray Lannan. Hello, Ray. How are you? Are you well? Hello there. Great, great to have you on board, and I think I said Happy New Year to you last year or last week. So, uh, yeah, I suppose uh, this time last week uh, we were talking about Roscommon. Uh, obviously, they were playing in the FBD League, and uh, we were looking uh, looking forward to seeing a number of players that made their debut. Um, obviously, Sen and Lamb had had a great game uh, against Sligo. Um, one or two players might have said, uh, "We say, I suppose Derek Duggan's son uh, Jack." 
scored two points first game really I suppose um, it might take him a few games to kind of get into um, the county level playing play with Roscommon um, but I suppose overall not, not a bad performance and uh, of course now they have uh, I suppose the, the other thing uh, you know in the other semi-final maybe a lot of people would have expected maybe Mayo to, to overcome London but lo- London consists of a lot of players that played former that were played played uh, county football over here as well so that's why they might have been strong but you would have still uh, maybe expected uh, Mayo maybe to have won that but fair play look at it's um, it's Roscommon versus uh, London in the uh, FBDD final but uh, I suppose overall what are your thoughts on that I suppose Roscommon had a, had a good had played well overall I suppose but um, you know they, they they never looked like losing this game and uh, it was great to see uh, some, some uh, debutants on the team as well wasn't it Brilliant to see it. We know we spoke last Friday about you know a good mix would be five newcomers and then later nine, ten of the established players, giving them a warm up for the uh, for the league as well. You know, so yeah. um, it's great that, that he was able to bring in Davy Brock was able to bring in Tenen Lamb, Jack Duggan, Evan Flynn, Kenny from from Pierce's as well. You know, which was which was brilliant. And I tell you what, Ian, it was a great performance by Roscommon, a really good mm-hmm. performance and a good warm up. And the FPD is a very like people say. Well, get rid of the FBDs in. Um, I think the FBDs are so important. And do you know, do you know what I would do? In I know this might be popular in a lot of circles, but I, you know, I'm on the show to give an opinion. I think the Seekers and Cups have a totally overstated uh, category. I know it's very good for but I think myself, county football is where it's at. And I think, you know, I think I think that the Seekers and Cup is a great tournament and everything else. But I think county comes number one, and it's great that um, county teams are playing the pre-season now, get ready for the championship. Or the league, rather, and I think uh, it's 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 wonderful to see Roscommon beat Sligo so well. Have such a good performance. See the new people coming in, but I see there during the week of week where you know players had played tickets to cup and then they were named on county teams. Like the Ulster, I think Mana had one or two players, and I know it's it's difficult. Four teams, four players want to play with their chat, their, their colleges and run play with their counties. But I still think at the end of the day, chose to play for your county. It's it's a wonderful wonderful thing to do. And, I had an option myself back years ago to be on UL panel for the Six Cup in 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 in, uh, in, uh, in Derry, uh, but I chose to play for Roscommon. I played for Roscommon that weekend, and I was so happy to do so. I, you know, and I'm just giving you a personal view on it. Yeah. I know that people mightn't agree with it. Say it's a great nurturing ground for players, but really, it's it's, it's from a spectator's point of view, it the Six Cup is really for players, their families, and the college football. Yeah. And, the, the county supporters keep an interest in it because they're players they're hoping they're doing well but uh, look it's, it's a tradition it's great but I think county comes number one and uh, Roscommon certainly have done a good job bringing in those new players they need to do that every year and, and hopefully it'll, it'll set Roscommon in good stead for the game against London and then hopefully get on to meet maybe Galway or Leitrim and find Galway are playing it a full team tonight it's Leitrim that's yeah play or participate in the championship elimination last year in uh, Salt Hill against Mayo so there's nobody that was involved in Mayo to beat last year in Salt Hill involved tonight, which is which is a great thing for them you know mm. it's great for Galway but Aidan you mentioned about Mayo in London I think that's a really bad result for Mayo yeah. and I'm not saying it with any degree of you know, Badness or around, yeah, I know. Yeah, but not. look, yeah, we have to say it as it is. I mean, that that's absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like if, if we lost to London Aid and even our second string team, Roscommon fans wouldn't accept that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think even in FBD, the whole uh, spectre of losing to a team 
like London in the in a league match, an FBD league match. It, mm. it just wouldn't be it wouldn't be something I don't think that that um, I'd certainly be happy with. And for Kevin McStay isn't happy with it because he made you know statements during the week you know about the players and the opportunities, you know, the limited opportunities I read in the paper, which is right. But mm. it, it, I think it shows me oh it may not have the strength of depth that maybe they would like to have because. London are fit now and they're, they're ready for this championship and you have to give credit to London but I think it's a really bad result for Mayo to lose to London in, in the FPD and, uh, and, and, and to be beat by a point in their own backyard because like, let's face it for Scotland I don't think I've ever lost to London you know what I mean yeah. Norway have never lost to London uh, no Leach of the Stike will have but you just never want to lose to London I think it's a, it's a thing that you know from confidence and morale and everything else that you just don't want and fairness, uh, Scotland are playing London and they'll have to treat the maiden with, with great respect as well because London will be gung-ho and you, I saw last year London doing very well in the league, very, very hard beating in the league and they were easier beating in the championship for some reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. Easier, as the season went on, they got weaker I thought, you know? Yeah. But certainly in the early stages of the season they really throw everything at it and uh, Scotland, you know, will have to be competitive to beat London and they obviously hope they will and expect them to do so. That's it and I want to lose. And, yeah, why shouldn't they go on and try to win that FBD league? You know, it's a great, oh, yeah. it's a great piece of uh, silverware to get, and it's confidence for the players. But credit, Aidan, we have to give special credit and mention to David Murray. It's one of our great defenders of, of any, any era in Roscommon. A wonderful servant to Roscommon over so maybe 10, 12 years, 13 years now. Played his 100th competitive match for Roscommon last Friday night. And I think we have to pay tribute to David Murray and all he's achieved. He's a I think it's fair to say as well, Ray, he doesn't get the recognition. I suppose he goes about his job quietly and he does his job effectively and quietly. Um, but I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves because he is a quality defender and as you said, he has put in a lot of... Uh, he has been a great servant to Roscommon football and continues to be. And uh, I suppose moving on now to uh, you just mentioned some bridges there, um, but I think we, we, we'll start with the uh, the intermediate, uh, the All Ireland intermediate football uh, semi final. You'd have to say Castlery St Kevin's were very unlucky in Port Leash against uh, Kilnamartra. Obviously, Kilnamartra had a good uh, had a good start, um, you know. But then around the 15th minute, then Castlery started to get a, a foothold in the game. Uh, they started get, they started to compete with Kilnamartra. They were tagging on the points. 
no, you know they, were, they, were, they played well in the, in the first half from, from the 15th minute on then in the second half they, they really improved and they, they, look, they look good um, get, really getting in there with uh, with killing the martyr but then the goal was kind of bad enough but to be fair to the the Castery keeper, he's been good and consistent and solid all year. But that just that one kick out, um, you know, you know, led to the second goal. But even with that, I suppose late, later on in the game, towards the end, uh, maybe uh, you know, Castery player went for for a goal. Maybe if he had went for a point, because uh, you know they were going in a point down yeah. uh, in yeah. the real closing stages there, and they, they scored a point. So you know, if that if he had went, if the player had went for a score for a point instead of a, um, a goal uh, that would have ended level would have went into extra time because I think Castlery were starting to get on top of that stage and maybe they would they would have nabbed it in extra time Yeah I think you're right I think yeah, Castlery they're a very young team I mm. remember being over Castlery two years ago and talking to people at Castlery and they're after being beat by a rogue championship by four maybe 11 or 12 to maybe one, 6 or 7 or 1 8 it was real they were really blitzed and I remember talking to people that said this is a very young Castlery team and uh, it was and in those two years yeah, they've progressed so much yeah. you know and they've still got you know the Adam McDermott's there but like you know Darren McDermott's has great experience and Ronan Curran coming in there there's great people there from yesteryear as well who are still going well and the younger players have gone brilliantly like you know David Finner the goalkeeper like he saved them all season he's been yeah. playing all year and then you know as a goalkeeper myself it's an occupational hazard you know a, a kick out that goes astray or a slobbery out ball that just you know, squirms in over the line. These things happen all the time. And mm. It was just an unfortunate thing that happened. But the thing is, Aidan, I and I said it before about other games that goal keeper mistake. There's still ample time for the team to come back. Mm. You know what I mean? There was still ample time. And as you said, there was the chance that there, if there's a little bit more composure, they could have maybe got the draw. Out of them. You know, and the, the last two or three minutes were great scores they were taken. Mm. Came from what six points down, and uh, they kicked point after point in the last five minutes. There were like, there was only one team in it. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> you have to give, give Darbrook mm. and his team so much credit. They were tremendous. With the, the way they won the county championship, Jonathan Hester, these guys, brilliant footballers. Shane Keenan, it. You know, in the first half when they were struggling, Shane Keenan was absolutely terrific. You know, he he really carried the fight to um, kill the Martra when they're under the cosh. And also the balls that were played into Darren McDermott. Keenan was playing great balls into McDermott. And McDermott had three uh, into uh, Adam McDermott. And McDermott had maybe two and three men around him at different times. And he was either able to win a free or kick the ball off the bar. And and that's great for us common supporters, Ed, that you've a player like Adam McDermott coming forward, like Ben O'Carroll. Future of us coming forward line Ed, you've still got Donny Smith, you've got, you know, Jeremy Murphy. Roscommon has got and like I think the bridges, lads. Andy, yeah. Andy, Andy Glennon. Yeah. He's a secret weapon for Roscommon in the air. You know what I mean? Roscommon has great talent. But hard luck to Castery. They were accredited, they represented Roscommon, so much courage, so much uh, determination and skillful football and what they achieved this year it'll be remembered for a long long time but when you see it this Castlery team they're only starting I think they're only getting going and uh, just to, to move on then to the senior the senior match uh, obviously uh, St Bridges had a, a good win over Castlehaven um, a game really I suppose when you, when you look at it throughout the game uh, they never really looked uh, 
like losing it but uh, you, you know Castlehaven are a good side they couldn't go in and, uh, and underestimate this uh, this uh, Castlehaven side um, a good victory and look it's uh, Castlehaven or um, obviously the Glenbeck Hilmacog Crokes in the other semi-final it sets up a, a great a great All-Ireland Club final um, I suppose look fair play to Bridges is great to see them into into another All-Ireland final their, their first All-Ireland final since 2013 um, look a lot of people have said they're a very young side but uh, you know they've good backs they've a good goalkeeper Cormac um, Cormac Sheehy hasn't been doing too bad now in goal for uh, for them uh, this season obviously they're, they're in the All-Ireland final so, and he's he's been very good um, But the, and the backs were solid but um, I made the point there to Seamus um, uh, on GA on GA view there um, that maybe you know this game this was the type of game that was going to be won and lost in midfield but uh, they have a seriously talented uh, full forward line and f- f- well the, their six forwards uh, were very talented all season and especially uh, especially on Sunday so it's really like a boxing match last Sunday since that you know, you know the big heavyweight championships 15 rounds or 10 rounds yeah. 10 rounds Bridges won the first three or four rounds without five rounds even without even a, a shadow of any doubt about it uh, and then for the next four three or four or five rounds it was all Captain Haven and then yeah. Bridges came back and won the last round you know to, to win mm. on a split decision if, if it was that, if it was that way uh, to look at it like you know they were they were all over Captain Haven in the first 15-20 minutes they did majestic football great combination they link up play. Brian Derwin Bobby Newton Ben O'Carroll outstanding and then Castlehaven sort of awoken from their, their slumber, if you like, and they, 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 the half-time of case, Bridges had a four-point lead. But then the first 50, 20 minutes of the second half, it, Michael Hurley and Brian Hurley particularly, they really, really uh, were on fire. Like, Brian Hurley scored five points. They had three chances for goal to hit the bar, you know what I mean? Mm. The goalie she he made a good interception when that ball hit the bar, bounced down, he put out for 45. Like, Rory, Rory Maguire's shot at the end hit the crossbar. If that had gone in, Aiden Castlehaven could easily have won that match. Yeah, that's it. The turning point of the game was the management bringing on John Cunningham. And John Cunningham's point, that was the one that really swung it back, the momentum back in favour of Bridges. But you have to, it was a brilliant win for the Maiden because it was a game that could have gone away from them. They could have lost that game, but they dug in when they were under the cosh. They weathered that storm, Aiden. You know what? It happens so much in football where you're on top. And then all of a sudden you're not on top. You're being totally dominated. Like Catalan was getting a lot of ball. The Maguires, uh, the, the Hurleys, Mark Collins as well. And Bridges were able to not concede the goal in. Yeah. Castlehaven needed a goal to, if you like, really give them the advantage and momentum in the game. And in fairness to Bridges' defence, Brian Stack is outstanding. And Cormac Sheehan in the goal. They never allowed Castlehaven into the goal in. Yeah, you know, that's and, and it. a bit of luck. And they rode out of the wind, as the fellow says, when the wind was gale, when the wind was gale force, and sunk it. And they managed to hang on. They got those three great points at the end, and the penalty as well. The Irishman on the cake. So um, I think one thing they'll be a little bit tougher is was when they got into that goal chance towards the end, they could have sealed it. Mm. You know, they, 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 they did a man over, and the wrong option was taken. And there was maybe a chance there to show a bit more conviction. I'm sure Jerome Stack will be looking at all those chances that went to begging for Bridges towards the end, where they just lack that little bit of composure as well, Aidan. Yeah. But, uh, that's what pressure does. That's what all Ireland semi-finals, I'd imagine, does to, uh, to, to teams, you know. But John Cunningham, Aidan, was the man who stood up, took responsibility, and sent over, in my opinion, the point of the game that really broke the hearts of Castlehaven, and it, it, it relaunched Bridget's 
uh, attacking Torres into into Castellari and helped them seal the match. So credit to John Cunningham and made a brilliant performance by him to kick that score and uh, Jerome Stack's team Aiden. You know, I say this back in 2020. You and I were in Hyde Park when Bridges played Pierce in the county final. This mm. new Bridges team, nobody's heard of most of them, and they blew Pierce's out of the water that day. Yeah. Playing, in my opinion, the best team performance by a club team in Roscommon football that I have ever seen. That's it, and I suppose you see the good thing about that game as well. Uh, you know, having a game of this nature is it'll stand to them against a team like uh, like Castle or uh, the Glen in, in the final as well. So uh, you know that that'll be the making of them too, because sometimes you need a difficult game ahead of an All Ireland final. So listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do. Um, the local GA with us. We, we'll, we'll actually cover a bit more uh, more on next week's show. We, we can maybe go back on it. So uh, thanks very much for taking the time out to do local GA, and we'll talk to you okay. again next week. Okay, thank you. No, no problem. Thanks very much. And that was Ray Lennon, former Common goalkeeper, and myself talking about all things GA. And unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show there. We hope you enjoyed everything uh, that we had on the show. And we hope you'll, uh, if you're going to any sports or watching any sports over the weekend, we hope you'll enjoy them. Uh, until then, uh, until next week, with myself and Brian uh, Colloran, we'll uh, talk to you then. Have a good weekend. Bye.